Futebol is live! Welcome everybody to episode 78 WECB.live Coming to you live! Brand new episode, I'm Nat Maymoudis, one of your co-hosts along with Ethan Cooney. Hello, how's it going, everybody? And Matthew Powell. Hello, hello. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us here on WECB.live, the underground sound of Emerson College. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the last show. Uh, songs my dad likes. And uh, football is life. Your MOS soccer hour happening right now the mls playoffs are upon us guys what a how you guys enjoy the last week mls first it's the playoffs 2023 season how are you guys feeling on that yeah i i i i mean you can't help but be excited about um the playoffs because they're finally here and it's such a long season to get here um but the the playoff format has taken a little bit of the wind out of the sails um i think at least for these first games the next two should be better but um but yeah it's it's an exciting time and uh it'll be fun to to see um every game from now because every game from now is an elimination game yes every home team except for one winning in the new winning their the first game in this new best of three format in which higher seed hosts then we go away to the higher seed to the lower seed and then if possible there will be game three um let's start um just more in general um sort of taking a segment from extra time matt what was your favorite thing that you saw this weekend across it can be from any of the MOS games that you want to point out. Yeah. Um, I'll go with, I'll go with, uh, Cincinnati destroying Red Bulls in a game where the, um, the XG and like all indicators of results showed, should have actually been a close game. Um, and I picked that because it gives the Red Bulls a chance in this best of three series where the the stats liked them, but the result didn't, and now they have a chance to continue on. So it sort of shows the advantage of the best of three series. And then uh, some of the worst case scenarios are like the fact that we have to watch this entire LAFC Vancouver series. I mean, I love a seven goal game, but like the, the, the winner of this one's already decided. So, Oh, um, come on. I think and negatives. I think that's the, harsh. I think that's harsh on the Vancouver Whitecaps. Cause again, it was tied at halftime. I think that's, I think that's harsh. I think it, I think it was a better game than what, than what you're saying. But I do agree with you about the Cincinnati Red Bulls game, Ethan. Um, what was your biggest? What was your biggest takeaway from this weekend? 
Well, I mean, my favorite thing was similar to Matt, but for different reasons. I just I like seeing the Red Bulls get destroyed, and I'm always going to enjoy that. And I hope that continues to happen. So shout out to Cincinnati for that. Uh, let's let's uh, talk about the new format in general. What are your guys' thoughts on this transition? Obviously, there are more days with uh, MLS action now. Um, the scheduling really makes no sense. There is still one uh, three-game series that hasn't started yet as Atlanta and Columbus, that game, the game that we talked about that Tiago Amada will be suspended for, that game is tonight because players wanted to be with their families during Halloween. That is why there was no game yesterday, and that game is happening tonight. Um, any thoughts on the scheduling and that being the case, or how how are you guys liking, are, are you liking this new format? Uh and do you think it will be here to stay for, for longer? I think it'll probably be here to stay just because they're going to give it the room to breathe and let it see what it and see what it looks like um, through at least two off seasons. But I am not a huge fan of it yet. It feels like adding extra games to an already packed schedule. So um i'm trying to keep an open mind to it but i don't love the love the format yet i do appreciate how series give um give a chance for the better team to win more consistently but i don't know this in soccer sort of the the appeal of the game is that a 90 minute game can be decided in a 90 second sequence do you, we haven't seen penalties at all yet uh, in this round. Um, do you wish that there was extra time? Do we wish that, do we, do we like that? Um, obviously, it's hard to, to know now, but I do feel like um, with, with the amount of time that's between games, what's the point in not having extra time? Like, why not go to penalties because, like, penalties is not a good way to decide a game, especially when all these games, every game counts the same. Like, uh, Connor Donovan pointed out to me yesterday, like, it's messed up if a team wins 6-0. Uh, no, if a team loses 6-0 and then they win the next two games 1-0. I mean, that is, you could say that's a part of soccer, but that is kind of... Uh, a uh, strange and sad way for a team to go out or a team to move on in that. So do you guys wish that there was away goals in this, or do you think there's anything? Is there What's like one thing that you would change if this format is going to stay? One thing I would change? Um, I would make it a, a one-game series. Um yeah. yeah, that's I and that would cost Nashville in this circumstance, but it's more the principle of it. Um, I they play too many games in a season between all the midseason tournaments and all the regular season games to only eliminate a couple teams. And I I'd love to see a smaller a smaller number of games because um, it just makes everything mean a little bit more. So. Yeah, if you that's, were that's if, where I'm at. if you were to shorten the regular season a little bit it, and 
uh, I think that would be one way to keep this the playoffs how it is right now. That being said, it also should be hard to get a home game in the playoffs. It it should be hard uh, to get into the playoffs. We saw the wild card games that we saw, especially the the uh, Charlotte, um, the Charlotte Red Bulls game. Yes, there were some good goals in this, but this game showed why these teams are eight versus nine. It was not a good game of soccer. Yes, there was a bicycle kick, but still, not entertaining game. Same thing with SKC San Jose. Entertaining game, but entertaining because there was a lot of mistakes and a lot of like, how did that happen? Uh, so I do think the the format could uh, change. Um, Matt, I want to ask you about scheduling specifically because Nashville's next game is a full eight days after the last one. You guys play on Tuesday after playing Monday Night Football. Nashville is the sole owner, the sole tenant to Geodis Park. Why isn't this game happening at a normal time? Why do you, uh, why are you guys playing uh, three days after the Sounders will play their leg two? Do you think that should be more consistent or have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they should try and put most playoff games on the weekend or at times where people can come to them um because that's when the home crowd actually means something so it's a little frustrating that the game lands at such a strange time um because it means less fans of the game it means a less uh fun fan experience and um yeah it's pretty inexplicable why why they chose to do it this way but um the St. Louis game just uh kicked off on on Sunday it kicked off at 9:30 um local time was kickoff yeah on a sunday night i mean i mean the, the scheduling is the biggest it's such a missed chance to have these be the most electric games of the season i remember how special leagues cup was filling out geotis um when nashville was doing well so but just, then again geotis was super empty at some on some of those games that were on like a midweek thursday or something because that's always going to be hard for someone to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the games that give the fans the opportunity to come out and support and, and have a good time are the best. So happy, happy to see that. Um, yeah. when they end up on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Ethan, any, any thoughts about, uh, about scheduling, uh, that, uh, that you have? Or especially like they added more games so that more fans can go to the games, and uh, we have and they're doing these at at random times. Um, I I will also be interested to see how the numbers uh, for TV will be for these games because also this is the first time we're seeing playoffs that aren't on network, so it's not like you can just turn on the TV and you can find the game. The Sounders game was on FS1, but it didn't have the Fox Sports normal people. It had some randos, and they have just haven't advertised it being on an actual channel at all. Do you think we're going to see a drastic uh, 
look, the a drastic drop from the amount of viewers who watch this playoffs from last year. Do you think that's going to change, Ethan? It definitely could. I think there's been a major struggle in the in the marketing and the advertisement for these playoffs. You see even, you know, dedicated MLS fans on the internet. They're like, oh, there are MLS playoff games tonight? Like, who knew? Um, and it's just, it's going to prohibit the sport from growing in this country, particularly this league from growing. Um, and especially as, as other, uh, leagues are, are starting up now, you know, the NBA season just started, uh, baseball is, is getting down to it. They're getting into their intense, you know, playoff run as well. Um, yeah. And there's just less, there's just less, there's less media coverage for the MLS, which is also just starting uh, its playoff run. And it, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if, you know, somebody in the MLS or the Apple executives room or, you know, not spending enough money to kind of push this around more. But I, I mean, what they're spending money on is. Yeah what they're spending money on is promoting Messi to America and just yeah. everything yeah. Messi will be in. I mean, if inter Miami does make the playoffs next year, that will be interesting to see how that compares. I, I will also be yeah. interested to see who ends up covering the MLS cup last year. It seems like normally uh, Fox and then whoever it is, ESPN, Apple switching off this year. The MLS cup is on Apple TV only. Um, last year's MLS Cup was very highly watched. I mean, most people, say, a lot of people say that was the best MLS game ever. I wouldn't agree with that, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. It will be interesting to see how Fox covers it next year, because I'm guessing if they do have the MLS Cup, which I've, I don't know what the deal works like, they will promote that more, because they really have not been promoting. MLS action at all when they are on games and they are covering a fair amount of games for these playoffs. Just literally no one knows about it. Just another problem with MLS season pass is just no casual fan is watching this Mm -hmm. because you can't find it while you're scrolling for TV through TV, which is definitely a loss. Matt, any other, Matt, do you have any thoughts on, on this topic on, on MLS season pass? Uh, yeah, I mean, the viewer experience this season has been really good overall. Um, feels like a missed opportunity to leverage Messi and the new interest in the league and the new format um, and make it as advertised and accessible as possible. So uh, overall good, but the playoffs so far have been a slight letdown in the experience. So speaking of Messi, we have history as it was announced earlier this week, the eight-time Ballon d'Or winner this year, Lino Messi taking home the Ballon d'Or. Let's go. <laughs> active MOS player. The first active MOS player to win the Ballon d'Or. What does this mean for the league, Matt? And uh, is, this, is this the last Ballon d'Or that Messi will ever win? Uh, yeah, this is the last one he'll win, but that's not like any type of indictment. Um, 
and this 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 is a huge i mean this is huge for the league um this is this is an opportunity to to grow and and bring like national attention or not national international attention to the mls as a premier league with premier players um there's people that there's like always an online movement about the Ballon d'Or because it's an award and awards are like inherently political. Um, and do you agree? Uh, but do but you agree Modric, with, with, with Messi getting it? Oh, a million percent. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to bring Modric him. won it yeah. for less um, in that world cup year. Like the world cup is the biggest sporting event. Yeah. He won it and he lost the world sport. cup. It's true. Yeah. So I, it's ridiculous to say that he doesn't deserve it or anything like that. Um, uh, he deserves it, and it's fantastic for the league that he's in MLS when he actually wins the award. Uh, he wins it for his World Cup. Uh, he doesn't win it for his League's Cup performance, um, if anyone was <laughs> thinking that. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it's, it's big for the league. It's big for Messi. He's the greatest player of all time, and no one comes close. I I do think while I while he yes while he while Messi did not win it for his league's cup stuff I do think him coming to MOS didn't hurt his chances at all because him going to Saudi Arabia at this point could have if he had gone there and like we don't talk about Ronaldo that much and that's because he's just not getting talked about that much there. I do think he would have been talk he would have been in less conversations for this, but I do think it wasn't very close. And to people who think that it should have been Erling Holland, um, any other year, it just shows how important the World Cup is because the World Cup happens once every four years. Um, if also if it it also uh, shows how important the World Cup being in December was because if the World Cup in tw- if the 2022 World Cup had happened at the normal time of the year, he would have won the Ballon d'Or last year for winning the World Cup, and then Erling Haaland would win it this year. So it's it's unfortunate that Erling Haaland doesn't win it this year because what he did this year, 52 goals, Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup, that is incredible. Erling Haaland is insane. He'll probably do that again. So we. No one should feel worried that he's not going to get a Ballon d'Or because I feel very confident he will. But any other year, any other year, any other person really besides Messi doing what he did and it would go to Holland. Ethan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think it is fine that this goes to Messi. Um it's just, if anything, it's just a little repetitive, you know, to see see the same guy winning this award over and over again. But it, of course, it makes total sense because he is the greatest of all time. Yeah. That being said, though, Matt brings up the Modric win, which is like one of the worst dis- Ballon d'Or decisions in like the last 20 years. Who Who should have beaten Modric that year? I mean... <laughs> Probably either Messi or Ronaldo. <laughs> I know it's not. It's not. It's not a. In the year, it's not imaginative at all. Or was that I, was that the year that Van Dyke was up, or that was a little before Van Dyke. Was, the twenty Van Dyke lost to Messi. Yeah, that was in like twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. 
Yeah, that was also yeah. I bring up I bring up Modric and I say that Modric won it for less. Um oh yeah. And yeah, Messi Messi's World Cup performance was an all-timer. This was an all-time World Cup. That final might be the greatest soccer game ever played. Uh that was just so fun to watch and so tense. Um Yeah. That, th- this was a great year for soccer, a great year for Messi. It's really just arguing Messi with nothing. Demolize. It's arguing with nothing mm. to say that it it shouldn't be Messi. It's a his yeah. his legacy because going back to what I asked, like is this? I think this is going to be probably the last time he wins the he he wins it because obviously he's not playing in the Champions League. The only way that he can pretty much get it is if he wins the World Cup again. Like that, I mean, that again, that's why he won it this time. He has to win it again, and we don't know if he'll still be playing at this point. Even if he wins that, if he wins it again, like there has to be, it has to have been a down year for some other players who they, other players would have had to slow their progression for him to get it again. Uh, but, but, but so in that way, it is kind of sad because. In that way, like, I know what you're saying, Ethan, how, like, it's boring that he's won it again, but also, like, he's the GOAT, and it's kind of like, it's like, it, it sort of makes me feel old that this might, that we're at the point where he might not win a Ballon d'Or, because it just feels like we're just accustomed to him being the one to win it. Yeah. It'll be a good send-off, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I am I am glad that he won it. Holland's season was amazing uh, he set a bunch of records won a treble um and Holland is still messy. so fun know. to like, watch oh I yeah also, i do want to we don't have to get into all of this now but yeah. i do want to say that holland is while fantastic he's the tip of the spear on the best team in the world by a long shot yeah right and i don't know what his success looks like if he's not playing for pep in manchester city it's and true. I, wanna, I don't want to make I don't want to overstate that and make it sound like I'm saying that Holland isn't good. Holland is really yeah. good, and nobody could do what Holland's doing. But yeah, and but obviously, is, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, good point. He's though. in a very good situation. Yeah, it is. It kind of like the opposite of true. Mbappe's situation. Yes. Yeah, it is true. I think, I think it on, would be fun to see Holland on, at this point to see him on a team where he would have to be like. He'd he'd have to be even more of the guy. Like, would he be right. scoring? Would he still be dribbling around everybody? Because sometimes he still he does score goals on his own too. He does do that sometimes for Man City. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Maybe if because uh, honestly, I could see it going one way where he scores less goals, not on Man City, but maybe it could go the other way depending on who he's playing against, where he's scoring more goals because he's just that good. This is this is one of my hotter takes, but I actually think that Mbappe on like 98% of teams is a better player than Holland, but on like the top 3 or 4 teams in the entire world, there's nobody that could do what Holland does and that's why he's so special. Um Yeah. But I I I don't want to I it just whenever I say something like that, it sounds like I'm dismissing Holland's success That's not what I'm trying to do. No, I, I th- just, no, I, I think that think, makes yeah. sense. I think yeah, that I makes sense. I don't he necessarily just, disagree with that. Yeah, he makes he just makes the best team so much better, which is scary. Mm, yeah. And there are there's other players there's other players who who do that in the same way, or other players who aren't complete stars, but for some reason when they're playing against like some specific team, they just turn it on. I don't know, and like 
Can't believe mm-hmm. we're gonna put Erling Holland in the same context of Dyron Espria, but whenever Dyron Espria <laughs> is playing the Sounders, just decides to do, just decides to become Erling Holland. All right, uh, but anyway, it is huge for Messi. I can't wait to see him carry out the Ballon d'Or at uh, Inter Miami's next home game. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this early. About I was thinking I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I was thinking like, who would be who could carry out the MOS Cup at the at the MOS Cup final? And can you imagine if they decided to have Messi be the person who like handed off the trophy at, before the teams walk out? Like, man, like seeing the image of him carrying that before they actually win would be. It feels like something MOS would do. And it would piss me off so much. That would be so funny. I, I honestly, I would invite can't, that. You it can, would be so can't stupid. you see that? It was like, it, it's like, you remember how Salt Bay after the World Cup was like celebrating, like with the yeah. Argentina team and trying to like grab the trophy and, yeah. and all that? I feel like it's, it would be some like kind of somewhat akin to that. I, I hope Messi Messi's would turn MOS down Salt for Bay, that. Though. Hopefully they, he would turn him down in the same way that he turned down Salt Bay there. But then again, if they want people to watch MOS, then they have to have Messi there. I think there's a good chance, no matter what, that MOS is 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 uh, at Messi's door right now and being like, please, please come to MOS so we can show you in the suite as much as the NFL shows Taylor Swift at games. Seems like that could happen. Um, all right, if you want to hear more about, uh, about Messi winning the Ballon d'Or, uh, you should tune in to WECB Live's other soccer show, Getting a Bit Messy, that's at 9 p.m. on Fridays. All right, but now we're going to move on uh, uh, for for new listeners, getting back into talking about the MOS playoffs here on WECB, the underground sound of Emerson College. Let's go starting with the first game of Monday Night Football, Nashville versus Orlando. Uh, and uh, before we get into this game, let's hear, uh, we're gonna play, I'm going to play a little bit of Gary Smith's uh, post-game. Well, look, uh, a, a big focus for the group after Saturday's game was to start brighter, to try and be a tad more aggressive. And I thought the opening 20 minutes of the game was a far better spectacle than maybe we saw at the weekend where we were a little bit passive. And there were a couple of opportunities. Obviously, the most notable one was Faffer's header that you know may have changed the direction of the game. And we'll get back to that point against very good teams where there's not going to be an awful lot of chances. They had two shots, one on target, and made the difference. We had eight shots, zero on target, and we're unable to test the goalkeeper in a game where I think we'd all agree there were at least two or three moments that could have been more clinical and certainly more effective in this game. Tight game. All right. Wow. So, yeah, I want so, yeah, to... Yeah, I want today, you to... Yeah, I want... Yeah, I, learned, 
Today I learned that Gary Smith is British. <laughs> you didn't know. Okay. I thought, you didn't know. You that. didn't know that. No, I didn't realize he was. British. He's the most. He's the most British person there is. That's so funny because I was picturing him as the most American guy there is. I was like Gary no, Smith. That's no. such an American name. He plays like 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 hard football. I was like, this guy's um, uh, I'm as American as he can be. Coaches in Nashville and and you know I. And and hearing that clip, I was like, I was waiting for him to answer because I was like, okay, this is the reporter like asking him a question. Uh, but then he just kept speaking, and I was like, oh, well, oh, that's him, that's Gary. Matt, what are your thoughts on what he said there? And did you notice anything about that post conference? Yeah, he's right. Um, the the Nashville was horribly not clinical. They missed several chances to put this game away. Um, and this is the type of game that you want back because it was a, it was a all right performance that was not capped off in the way that it could have been. So, yeah, I, I, I understand where he's coming from with it. Um, it was a frustrating one to watch. And... You ready for this, Matt? You ready for this, Matt? You ready for that? You know when that is from, you know, when that press conference is actually from, that's from when he played Orlando yeah. That's when you played Orlando on the 4th. That's when you played Orlando on the 4th. <laughs> and honestly, it shows... What kind of, wait, 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 wait. What, what kind of gotcha is that? This is... <laughs> no, no, it shows... It shows that they did not learn... It shows that they showed that they did not learn stuff from that last game for this game. Because you can say the same things. You can say the same thing about this of uh, this game, and it was not good enough for Nashville in this game. I was thinking that his shot count was off because I thought Orlando outshot Nashville. Yeah, I wanted. Um, yeah, I guess that's I why I included that part. Shots on target. That's why I included um, that part. Yeah, and Fafa the, the, doesn't have a chance early in the game. <laughs> in, no, in, in but this I thought game. he. I thought he was referring to Surridge's. I look. That's a ridiculous gotcha. That that is that that's an insane thing to do. Um, <laughs> we got, we but, got you. We got you. No, you did. Uh, no, this is, this is ridiculous. This is absurd. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, Nashville, expect we needed, Nashville needed more in this game. They saw, they lined up similar to that game last in the beginning of October. Except and for Schaffelberg have- started instead of Fafa and Surridge started instead of teal probably and they came out with uh honey up top instead of honey at the tip of the diamond and um the adjustment the halftime adjustment was to bring go three in the back and I, I mean this was tactically very distinct from then you could just say that they came out good in the first 20 minutes and that after the first 20 minutes the energy sort of fell off and orlando gained control of the game I mean, that's the comparison there. And I I understand the sentiment um, that Nashville doesn't change enough and they're too passive in their play and Gary Smith doesn't change enough tactically. But when referring to this game, it's not it's not like it's not one to one in the way that some people will make it out to be. It's um, it's true. Let's talk about the let's talk about the goal. The absolute screamer, the goal that no goalkeeper in the universe is going to save. That was what decided this game. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? 
Um, I mean, Sean Davis should step. Uh, I don't think this goal is scored if Dax McCarty's on the field. Uh, he picked up a knock in training and missed this game. And I think had he started, he would not have made the um, tactical error Sean Davis did in dropping back to cover runners before stepping to the man who was obviously stepping up to shoot it. So I, um, I don't the goalkeeper think- couldn't save it. I don't think you can it, blame Shane Sean Sean Davis. You can't blame Sean as Davis. As, on that. as soon as as soon as he picks the ball up, um, Sean Davis immediately like sprints backwards five yards and then runs forward to cover the shot. And you can't assume he's going to make it, but it is the job of a six to cover that kind of shot. Yeah, yeah. you're so, or at least probably the yeah. one person you could blame for that goal. Yeah, but also this this strike is every player gets maybe one or two of these strikes uh, strikes where you hit it so perfectly that there's no chance the goalkeeper is going to save it because, again, there's no chance Joe Willis is going to save this. So I don't think it, So it seems hard to blame the defender. I think in the, for plays like this, you just tip your you tip your cap to the strike. But you can also put gorgeous. pressure on the ball. You, I, yeah. yeah, that's I can, fair. That's I can fair give enough. credit to... Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm giving credit to um, to uh, Orlando for scoring that, but but at the same time, Sean Davis can absolutely get to this um, and put pressure on the ball and deter this shot. And when this shot is the difference in the game, it's pretty discouraging that uh, he couldn't get out to it. Um, he had but, bounds but, and heaps of space, like he had, and so much time on the ball as well. Yeah, which yeah. is the only situation you're going to be able to hit a ball like this. Um, the, and to and to beat Joe Willis, who we've talked so much about, is so good. Yeah, we'll get to. I mean, this season there are other players who should be in the goalkeeper uh, <laughs> nominees over Joe Willis, but still, Joe Willis is so good. And like, when there's no chance he's gonna save it, it's huge. Uh, let's let's preview the next the next leg. So it's at Giotis. It is this coming Tuesday now, eight days after the last one. Must win for Nashville. Matt, how are you feeling? Um, it's hard to be confident after a performance like that. Um, Nashville was right, or Gary was right the first time he said it, and I'm sure he said something like it in this up in this actual press conference. But uh, they weren't clinical. They could have been better finishing, and there was this game was there for them to take, um, but they didn't take it. And um, the the truth is that they could have taken this one and they didn't take this one. And the hope is that you win a Geotis and then get a chance in Orlando. But uh, having to win two straight is not encouraging. And having to win two straight when the offense has been as stagnant as it has been. Do you think we uh, do you think we get penalties in either of these next two games? Either one gets decided by a penalty kick shootout as. Obviously, not many chances in it. It's only a one-go difference. I think of all the playoff games, this is the one that's this is the matchup that's most likely to go to a shootout. Second for me would probably be Vancouver, LA, LAFC. I think Orlando. Orlando might try and force penalties um, in Nashville because it's tough to win in Geotas. Um, I don't really see Orlando as that type of team, but I could definitely see them doing it. Um, yeah, I can so, I can see Orlando coming in and parking the bus the entire game. And and Nashville really struggles to break down a team um, when that team lets them have the ball. 
So yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if this Nashville game goes to penalties and then what a heartbreaking way to get knocked out of the playoffs, losing to Orlando and penalties. Um, It's true. Yeah. Nashville. I mean, Nashville, Nashville's whole game plan is they want the other team to have the ball and we'll sit back instead of the other way around. Ethan, what's your, here's, here's how I'm feeling about Nashville. SC. Mm -hmm. I am really excited that Will Levis is playing on Thursday. That that's where I'm at as a Tennessee sports fan. No, ah, <laughs> oh, that's tough. How confident were you feeling? How confident going into the playoffs last year were you? Because going into Not, the, we were on a bad yeah. run of form again. Okay, uh, before, two years ago, two years ago. Because uh, we go back oh, to because um, because when I go back to to the last time the Sounders were in the playoffs in in 2021, I was not confident at all. Going into our first game against RSO, and then obviously that's what happens. We got knocked out in a shootout uh, to RSO. I feel like in twenty twenty one you were felt you felt more confident. Yeah, maybe I did. Um, I'm I'm struggling to even remember the context of that season and like where we were going to those playoffs. You but... made it to the, you made it to the semifinals. That year, and then got knocked out yeah. by NYC. It was it was NYCFC knocked you out, or no? Who did you? Who did NYCFC beat in the in the? Did we lose to New uh, England, or did we knock out New England? No, uh, NYCFC knocked out New England. Who did you play in the conference final before Portland, Ethan? Can you remember? Philly. Philly. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, did we lose to Philly? Yeah, in the shootout. In the it, yeah, it was the first yeah. time, and Walker had that really bad miss. Yeah, but but that but you miss. but but I think you guys should have. But you guys were feeling confident that season, like definitely feeling better than you are this year, Ethan. Okay, you have well, no. I mean, yeah, that that's part of that is because Nashville has for so long been a team that you can like. You see all the pieces. You understand how they could believe that they could go all the way, and then just it was through the years we've seen Nashville fail to get across the finish line because the margin for error for a team that attacks that little is so low. Um, I think the I don't think much has changed other than just the belief in the system. Well, it's um, hard the to believe in the system is low right now. Well, especially it's low after I I think part of that it could be from. Still a league's cup hangover. I mean, we haven't really talked that much about it, but um, that's one thing we don't want to see happen to Nashville. Nashville uh, will not want to be following in Philadelphia's footsteps and not being able to get over the line for a trophy. Ethan, we're coming to you finally. What's your score prediction for game two? Hmm. At Geodis Park. Will there be a game three? I'm going to say there will be a game three, and Nashville are going to win this game uh, probably 1 0. I'm going to. Classic Nashville fashion. If if Sam Surridge scores one goal, which I think could happen, he scores, he, he scores a big goal late. He, I mean, he's already somewhat of a legend after, after helping. Nashville get past uh, Club America. Uh, I think I I can see I'd like a I can see I can feel like that seems like something that could come true. Surridge scores a goal, force game three, 
And I can see game three. I, I can see it happening here. I think it's also more likely that that happens here in the same way. I, I think it is possible this goes to penalties. That would be a really bad way for this to, to end. But also, if Nashville gets over the hump and finally wins a shootout, that would also be very exciting. We won some shootouts in the League's Cup. It, uh, it's true. It's true. We don't want to give... We we want to give Panico his love. Do you think Panico would come into the playoffs if the if it goes to penalties? Oh yeah. Would they do that again? I think, I think if we've got a sub left, probably. I mean, it worked. Um, hopefully, he just doesn't have to take one because that was tough. Yeah. Against, oh gosh. <laughs> redemption. Yeah, Nashville it, might have. It goes to the eleventh round, and he gets redemption. He gets to shoot first this time. He scores the winning penalty, and then it's and then he saves it against Pedro Galese. Could I mean, happen. that'd be awesome. Sign me up for that. But yeah. What a story that would be. What a movie that would be. Betting, betting on all that. I, w- I would make that movie in a heartbeat. <laughs> Villains, heroes, you got everything. Messi can get, you can get the Messi cameo. Super all right. helmets. Exactly. I feel like Nashville would let you film at Geotis. They'd be down for that. You could get Reese Witherspoon to play someone. Ooh, yeah. True. She can play Panico's mom. Stephanie. Yeah. Um, Barry Kennedy is the coach. She should have some time since morning show. Matt, hopefully you're, we'll get Matt, canceled. you're in L.A. right now. Get someone on the phone. I know the writer's strike is over. We can get a script. Yeah. We can get a script started. Yeah, we can get morning. writing, and then by the time the the actors are back working, we'll be all set to go. I think this is your calling, yeah. Matt. All right, let's switch. Yeah, yeah, just walk out, and you'll probably find an executive on the street. That's what. That's how I've heard it works. Yeah. in LA, is yeah. that there's usually that's kind of how it works. A film executive just kind of <laughs> on the street waiting for pitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just there's riding the lime scooter down the street. Usually. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on to the Sounders. The Sounders second game Monday night football. Um, I would say not. Uh, I felt like the field. And Lumen Field didn't quality of it didn't look very good. Obviously, short turnaround from the Sounders from the Seahawks Browns game the past week, um, but the Sounders uh, hosting Dallas and early in this game, star striker for the U.S. Men's National Team with two big chances. First one drives a big save from Fry. Second one is just so bad. Puts it wide. Has time. Could have taken another toast. Um, Ethan, thoughts on uh, Jesus Ferreira and his two misses in this game? Well, obviously, you know, they were two misses that were very costly as a, you know, spoiler alert, Seattle ended up winning this game 2-0. And so you think if Jesus Ferreira scores two chances, maybe this game ends up 2-2. And it's not so bad going into game two, potentially, for Dallas. But, you know, what can you do? You know, players miss chances, and it's almost always heartbreaking if that's the team you support. Um, I I know a lot about missing chances with uh, with NYCFC this year. It's something we've seen uh, time and time again with the Sounders in the playoffs. uh, When teams are... Unable to take their chances early on in the game. The Sounders roar back, and then when the Sounders score first, uh, 
It's hard for teams to get back into this game. Sounders get on the board first via the penalty spot. Um, after uh, Joss Atencio had two big chances, uh, or one with like a scorpion kick, basically, uh, ends up getting a save. Uh, and then Christian Rodon also had a header, um, draws a save there. Um, but then for the penalty, Christian Rodon gets in front of the FC Dallas defender and uh, does a good job, feels the contact. There is no uh, no play on the ball by the defender, so clear penalty. Um, VAR looks at it, doesn't, says it's not clear and obvious, so stands at a penalty. And then this is only the second penalty the Sounders have had all season. Uh, first one taken by Ladero. Ladero on the bench for this one. So Rusnak steps up and very lucky to not be saved as the keeper gets two hands to it, puts it off the post, and it still goes in. So very, very, uh, it 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 very much could have stayed out. Uh, thoughts on the penalty decision, Matt? Good call. Not a lot to argue about here. Um, Anything to say on the Sounders only having two penalty calls this year? Um, I've been trying to get on the phone with Pro about that and why uh, it's only that few. But uh, any, any uh, do people just not yeah. buying the Daryl's falling these days? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard for you as a Sounders fan. So I hope you manage to hang yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, let's talk about the the second goal in this game. Um, it was Jordan Morris heading the ball into the net. Knew who gets the assist. Uh, good ball in, and it's just like the last goal that Morris scored against the Galaxy at home. It's with his head, as Morris really continues to only score via headers, not in more uh, traditional Morris, in which he runs uh, through with his speed. Um, but it's still like a really good play. He uses his strength uh, to get up, uh, above the defender and head it home. Uh, Ethan, any thoughts on this one? I initially thought that Nuhu might have been offside uh, before he receives this pass, uh, but I, I don't think that is the case. And it's it's a, it's a good goal. It's a good goal. There's really not much to, to to say about it, I guess. It's a really great header from Jordan Morris. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe they could have had a few more bodies on him. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, what what can you say? It's 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 a solid goal. It's a striker's goal, really, from from a non-striker, pretty much. Yep. Uh, I want to hear. Uh, I also have. Uh, and this one is not a prank. Uh, this is actually uh, Smetzer from this last game. Uh, and here are some of the comments he made. Well, as a coach, you well know that you know, it's, you know, you got to have players that can make plays. Uh, we could have very easily been down one or two nothing. Uh, I, again, I will I will say this with the best intentions, not to put anybody else down, but I just can't believe why he's not even considered. Maybe it was considered, but why he's not in the finalist pool for goalkeeper of the year? I just don't get it. 
I just, I, I have no idea why not. It's, you can, okay, you can go all the way back to 2016, maybe even 2014 when he first started in the Shield and everything else, but the save in the MLS Cup, there's been so many saves in critical moments of games where Steph has done what goalkeepers are supposed to do, which is keep the ball out of the back of the net. And you can talk about, you know, goalkeepers playing out of the back and all of that sort of modern stuff. For me, he does his job day in and day out. In the biggest moments, he keeps the ball. He keeps our team in games. All right, that is Schmetzer talking about Stephen Fry. Not- Ryan Schmetzer's American? <laughs> Who knew? Bro, every- <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Ethan. Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm kidding on that one. But I was assuming of that. Uh, so the <laughs> goalkeeper nomination nominations coming out and nominated are Roman Berkey, Salitano from Cincinnati, and then Pedro Galese from Orlando. And everything that just gonna echo what Spencer says there. Everything there, he's a hundred percent correct. It's amazing with how. Uh, with how consistent Fry has been, uh, that he has never won goalkeeper of the year. Obviously, he wins clean sheet. He has the most clean sheets this year and wins the Golden Glove Award for that. Um, and I I think like not nominating him is because not nominating him and nominating the other players is basically admitting that our defense is good enough that it doesn't matter how many saves he made because Berkey is making so many, is making a lot of saves this season because St. Louis's defense is not as good as the Sounders. Hence proven that we just beat them. Uh, We shut them out. Uh, He's proven that. Um, And with our defense being as good as it, it would still fry making the big save. Uh, They're saying again, they're saying our defense is better. And that would be okay if one of our defenders was going to win Defender of the Year. <laughs> but there's no way that, that Yamar is going. Yamar did get nominated for Defender of the Year, and he's not going to win because that's going to go to Miazga. So the consistency with the awards, it's stupid. And Fry should, be, the, Fry should be nominated over Gillespie. I hope it's not Miazga. It's gonna, nominated, fine. But Berkey definitely deserves to win, and it's not really close. Um, like the, the, the XG expected goals and then actual goals like that is such a strong number for goalkeeper performance. And Roman Berkey ran away with that. Berkey is the best goalkeeper in this league bar none. And it's not close. And I'm fine with arguing over who gets that second or third spot. And I think Fry definitely has a shout for it. But the the actual winner to me is is pretty clear cut. Um, and but, I mean, the maybe, good thing is Fry should Fry should have other chances to win it. I mean, Brad Guzan is doing it. He's trash. So if he can keep playing, and he's probably going to keep playing, Fry's like four years younger than him, I believe. I think Fry's thirty seven, and I think Guzan is forty one, or it's at least close to that. One of you guys want to check that? Um, but Fry, I mean, again, Fry's been here since 2014. 
He is the best goalkeeper we've ever had, besides maybe Alex Rodon. I mean, he's not. He never lost. He never led in a goal. Um, Brad so Guzan is thirty nine years old, and Stefan Fry is thirty seven years old. All right, so I got okay. I got one of them right, but yeah, the point is Fry feels healthy, and he should uh, yeah. be able to keep going. Um, so hopefully he can get one. Oh and yeah. Again, just how consistent Fry has been has been insane. Really, he really never makes a big mistake. The only times he's made mistakes, um, he already makes errors. There's one week in April. It's the last week of April where if you look at the games we've had a couple seasons, that week he'll make he's made <laughs> he's made multiple errors where like he's the he's failed to catch it and then it goes in. But wow. besides that, he's been pretty perfect. So Devaney, we definitely don't have any goalkeeper problems unlike another one of our teams. Uh, Who, Nashville? Yeah, yeah, Nashville with <laughs> Nashville has Nashville Nashville has has goalkeeper problems with with two amazing ones. Yeah, that was the team yeah. that I was referring to. No, you see, yeah, that's what I thought. It's like because what other team? All right, to before before we wrap up here, Sounders with the lead going to Frisco. Our only other game, our game in. Dallas ended 1-1. Alex Rodon getting the game there. Um, Ethan, what do you predict for the second leg here? Do you think there will be a game three? I do not. Seattle will win this one. Uh, how? What do you think the score will be? I'll say another 2-0, to be honest. All right. That's going to do it for episode 78 of Football is Life. We want to remind you to follow us on Instagram at footballslife.wecb and on Twitter x at at WECB football contact our website footballislife.net we will be back November 8th live 3pm Eastern right here WECB.live the underground sound of Emerson College and we will talk about the like two games for Nashville and Seattle and everything else that we have missed. Until then, football, football is, is love.